The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and I'm here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. Well, I am back from the Orleans, Las Vegas, the Horse Player World Series, courtesy of Winning Ponies. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I finished somewhere about in the middle. whole lot of zeros below me. whole lot of big bullets ahead of me. Had a great time. The first two days were chalk. If you were a chalk-eating weasel, you would have loved it. Last day was bombs away. So that's the handicapping circuit at its best. You try your best. I know many people that were out there, many handicappers better, some on my par, some lesser, some new. It was a great time, and I would have to say put it on your calendar of things that you definitely want to do. Horsefire World Series, all courtesy of Winning Ponies. They sent me out. Don't worry, guys. I'll hook it up. I'll come back around. I'll live up to myself. That I promise. What is happening tonight? We're going to recap the week in racing. Talk about the Kentucky Derby future wager. That's a good one there. Biggins. Yep, Biggins are back and on fire. Upcoming events for the weekend. We have our special guest of the week. It is Richard Ng from the Las Vegas Review Journal, author of Horse Racing for Dummies, radio talk show host, Avid handicapper, a man that can do it all. A whole lot of fun. Our man, Dangerous Dan, winners for the weekend. Chatted with him a little earlier. This guy was chomping at the bit. He had some winners, but I'll save that for a little bit later. And then we finish up with a final furlong handicapping with me for the upcoming moneymakers for the weekend. But before we get started here, let me, let me touch on the Kentucky Derby future. For the 11th time... As many years of mutual pool, mutual field, and pool number one closed as the favorite nine to five. A pool one horse has won the Derby four times since Churchill Downs began offering the paramutual wagers in 1999. Little note for you there, but we're going to run down the field here. Number one, Beethoven will pay sixty-five dollars. Number two, Big Drama, ninety-nine dollars. Captain Candyman can fifty-three eighty. Chocolate Candy, 59 hoops. Flying Pegasus, 58.80. Frisian Fire, 39.40. Very nice. Giant Oak pays a giant 51.40. Haynes Field, 66.80. Hello Broadway, 62.80. I Want Revenge, 111.80. Midshipman, $41. That's a nice price there. Not on the same page, 83 bucks. Old Fashioned, 16.40. Papa Clem, $90.20. Patina, $46.50. Pioneer of the Nile, $29.20. Silver City, $72.80. Start and bound the Philly, $46.60. Decorab, $94.40. We're going to know more after this weekend for sure about Decorab. The Pample Moose, Julio Cadani's horse, $60.40. Nice one there. This one's for Phil, $44-1. Open it up. Going to pay a whopping $90.80. Vineyard Haven, $75.60. Not bad. Westside Bernie going to pay $83.20. Mutual Field is all other three-year-olds. 
9 to 5, goes off paying $5.80. So that's pool number one in the books. We are there. Can't take it away now because if you missed out, you can always take pool number two, and I believe there's going to be exact wagering as well. Quick recap of last week's action. Springhouse got the jump on the field in the stretch run of Sunday's $150,000 San Luis Obispo. Handicap at Santa Anita won by a half length of a church service. His second straight year's victor in this race. Tempted Humor was third. Springhouse, seven years of olden age. Still making it look easy. Kentucky bred gelding by Chesterhouse. Ran the mile and a half on a firm turf course in 227 and one. Alex Solis for Julio Canani in the Irons. Gulfstream Park in Florida. Precious passion got loose in Saturday's 150,000 Mac Diamara stakes. Opening up a huge advantage and just held on to win by half a length over Quasi Cobra. The favorite spice route had some trouble, big trouble, on the second turn and said, had to settle for third. Elvis Trujillo and the Irons aboard this nice runner, Precious Passion. Victory alleged came flying down the middle of the course to snatch up an upset victory in Saturday's $150,000 Tampa Bay Breeders' Cup, but Tampa Bay Downs beating classy campaign by a neck. Very nice indeed. Under Carlos Marquez Jr. for trainer Dennis Manning. Nice one indeed. Kentucky Derby Trail. Wasn't much in the way for uh, big-time stake events, but there was some action. A Thursday allowance event at Gulfstream Park certainly turned up another button star. Dunkirk, a great son of Unbridled Song out of the AP Mayor secret status. Went a wide trip around the first turn and went on to easily by four and a half lengths. Garrett Gomez in from California, right for Todd Pletcher, a $3.7 million Keeneland yearling owned by Mrs. John Magnier, Michael Tabor, and Derek Smith. Dunkirk is two for two with a first win coming earlier in the meet at seven panels. Pletcher said he was very pleased with the way he ran. I saw the race. I was too. This is a monster here. And if you notice, the big ones are coming slower and easier. They do not need to smack them around as much. They don't need to run 90 times. They're coming in with two and three and four races. Maybe five. But we're going to take him in at that. On to the biggins. We're going to start off with Friday, February 20th. 95 biggins total. Biggest one of the day, Santa Anita race eight. Super high five. Little wager that started off in the Caribbean, six thousand one hundred eighty-six. Even Delta Downs race eight superfecta key, three thousand six forty-five sixty. That was Friday, February twentieth. Only ninety-five total biggins. Jeezel, that's smoking. That is purely smoking. Saturday, February twenty-first, ninety-eight total. Santa Anita race 10, super high five, $43,555.80. Golden Gate pick four races, one through four, $11,456.40. Very nice indeed. Then we have to travel on to Sunday, February 22nd, 70 total biggins. Big another day, Santa Anita race number nine, super high five once again, $21,486.40. I'd leave the 40 cents to the uh, clerk and a couple bills as well. Monday, February 23rd, 29 total biggins. Louisiana Downs race number seven, a super key, 
Turf Paradise Reese is 629 and pick four, 2,189.40. Not bad for Monday action. Tuesday, February 24th, 41 total. Biggins, the big one of the day, Louisiana Downs, race six, a superfecta, $8,088.60. Then we go into Wednesday, February 25th, 41 total. Biggins, Beulah Park, bouncing Beulah race number nine, a super key, $36,474.60. Beulah Park in race nine, the try as well, 14,946.40. Big bullets. Thursday, February 26th. I believe that's today. 26 total biggins. Gulfstream, race number one, Superfecta Key, over $4,700. That was the big biggin for the day. So the biggins have been on fire. When aren't they? Take a look. Just dial us up. Go to winningponies.com, and you can take a look for yourself. They are right there, and they have been doing very solid. News from around the nation. John Velasquez honored with the 2009 George Wolf Award. Native of Puerto Rico and two times Eclipse, a winning rider. has been selected as the 2009 winner of Santa Anita George Wolf Memorial Rider, announced Thursday. And this is determined by a vote of jockeys nationwide. George Wolf was a rider of one of the uh, most coveted times. He was uh, known as the Iceman. And if you remember the movie Seabiscuit, Gary Stevens played George Wolf. He actually uh, had a bad spill and died at the age of 35. He was a diabetic, couldn't ride all the time. He had to take some time down. He was honored by his career and his personal character, earning esteem for individual for the sport of thoroughbred racing, and it is now bestowed upon John Velasquez, one of the nicest guys in racing. Lane's End, Turfway Park coming up around the corner, 112 nominated for the Lane's End. 38th renewal, the Lane's End Grade 2 at Turfway Park. 112 nominations. That is incredible. For three-year-olds going a mile and an eighth, the Lane's End is scheduled for Saturday, March 21st. The race is traditionally run six weeks before the first Saturday in May as a prep for the Kentucky Derby. That is pretty smoking. $500,000. The winners of both preps are nominated to the Lane's End. And I have to say that if you actually get a spot in this, if you nail this down, you've got enough money to get into the Derby. 112 nominated for the Lane's End. That should make for one nice race. Uncle Sam tells you, Aqueduct guaranteed late pick four on Saturdays, 250 grand. Pretty strong. Penn National. They're not the laughing stock anymore. Maiden claiming five thousand. They got a purse of ten thousand dollars. That's behind Aqueduct, Philly Park, and Delaware. One is New York Strong, and two is Slot Strong. Penn National. Welcome to the big boy table. All courtesy of our good friends at the Blood Horse. They had it right there. I like to see Penn National stepping a big time. It's time to head out to our first break. When we return, we're going to be talking with Mister Richard Ing. I would suggest you to hang on tight because he is quite the handicapper, author, columnist, and good guy all around. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Internet.
flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting are fighting to what? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. I'm here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Or five Pacific, depending on which side of the United States you are on. And we're always going to be talking about the sport of kings, because what else is there truly to talk about? It is during this segment that we are usually having our guest, and we are honored this week. We are truly honored. Winning Ponies is honored to have columnist, author, handicapper, and contest player extraordinaire, Mr. Richard Ng. Richard, good evening. Ed, uh, those are kind words. I don't know if I deserve them all. Great to be <laughs> of course you. you do. After, after uh, going three days at the Horse Player World Series, anybody deserves the crown. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was great seeing you and a lot of the other horse players locally and from around the country. And those things are kind of a they're like a they're like a Woodstock of uh, handicapping uh, horse players. You, you just see everybody and everyone's having a good time. It surely is. I've tried to actually. I've kind of recruited people into trying to get them into playing a few more contests because I just don't want it to die off. Yeah, you know that's that's for sure. That's something I wrote about in my Friday column, which I write for the Las Vegas Review Journal every Friday, and people can read that off the internet at lvrj.com. Plus, uh, I'll throw in I handicap the Southern California races every day too. Uh, you can get in the same location at sports. But, you know, one of the things that is really hurting some of these tournaments out here, the big money tournaments, Ed, is that, you know, the biggest source of revenue for the host is the paramutual handle. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, there are certain issues that are going on right now where that, that money isn't pouring through the windows, and so the revenue stream isn't enough to make up for expenses. And, you know, I, I think I can say pretty candidly one of the main reasons is uh, people are betting on foreign accounts, getting rebates from, you know, different organizations. 
and you know they're unwilling for those three days to to give some handle to the host to to, to help foot the bill. I can't agree more. Uh, I've I've been playing. This is my fourth year out there, and and I luckily I've had uh, had a little bit of luck, received a check, and always enjoyed it. But I've noticed it's dwindled down each year. Uh, it's just kind of taken a little bit of a chunk. And you alluded back to your your article in the ReviewJournal dot com, and they can pick that up and and this re- recession hurting tournament handle. Mm-hmm. And in your opinion, this this isn't a, this is a discretionary spending. But what can we do to actually rejuvenate this? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that I would like to see, and and I wrote about it in in my column, is I, I think the, the rules need to change. To give people a little more equal footing, I, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of horse players in these tournaments. I got a lot of feedback from, them. you know, some of them feel like the, the the playing field is slanted toward the computer people who, you know, basically almost play like a team and they put together multiple entries and they kind of, you know, try to cover uh, fields that they think in which the favorite is vulnerable and then try to bang out a, a cap horse, a twenty, thirty, forty to one shot. But I, I really think that uh, one way to combat some of that, Eddie, and I've seen it firsthand and I, I've, I've played in uh, these tournaments, is what they call live money. And I think there's one going on at Santa Anita either this weekend or next weekend. But you know, the real basic issue about live money is that you, know, you put money up, maybe it's the same $500, uh, you know, whatever the host decides, but a portion of that will go to the prize pool, which might be 100 150 200 but the rest is your live money bankroll. You'll actually get a voucher. And then when you start playing, you know, the thing is, I, I don't think there's uh, people who are going to be willing to, to put $200 on a 30 or 40 to 1 long shot in a live money tournament because you could tap out in two plays. I really think it adds a, a different kind of strategy. So, you know, I would like to think that maybe that's one way to combat some of these, you know, a team play where, you know, they, you know, they just make these fantasy wagers on huge long shots and hope to capture one of them. This is just a thought anyway, you know, at least to change things up. You know, I like to refer to it as the Hail Mary. I, I, there's been some contests I've played in, they've had no cap, and you know, which personally, just personally, I mean, you may feel differently, many others may feel differently. It always disturbs me, you know, uh, you know and I try to steer clear of, uh, of a no cap. Uh, you know, I've been handicapping all day, and if I, the wagering gods are smiling on upon me, and I've had a few winners, you can knock me out with, just a double-digit price that you play just for price alone. Well, well, I will say this though about a live money tournament, Eddie. Uh, the rules are there is no cap because it's you know it's a pari mutual wager. So if somebody's brave enough to to bet fifty dollars on a forty to one shot and the horse comes in, well, you know they they quite frankly do deserve the entire pool. But you know you're betting live money, and, and most of those horses run out. If you play uh, any tournament around the country and you play horses like that, there's an excellent chance you could go over the week. But, you know, if you're brave enough to bet real money and you hit one of those, well, in live money tournaments, you do get the whole whole price. I think you bring up the greatest point. It's live money. It's not the mythical wager where you're, that Hail Mary pass comes into play, and people are a little bit more reluctant to uh, tap out after a few wagers. I, I know that I would be. That uh, that 40-to-1 shot just wouldn't look as, as sweet for me. Richard, I have to ask you, who is on your radar screen for the Triple Crown, and do you have any secret hot horses for us to be watching? Well, I'll be pretty, I'll be pretty forward, you know, straightforward with you, you and your listeners, because I have two horses in my pocket uh, for the Kentucky Derby Future Book. I, I bought them 
at uh, Win Las Vegas uh, through Johnny Avello. But I bought uh, two Rick Dutcho horses. One is called Patina, P-A-T-E-N-A. I bought him at 75 to 1 when I heard that they were switching barns from uh, Josie Carroll to Rick, Patina, uh, Rick Dutro. And, you know, nothing wrong with Josie Carroll, but, you know, IEAH stable bought this colt, big numbers, and uh, has yet to start for Dutro. I believe the next start for him will be in the Louisiana Derby. And then another Dutro horse that I bought was Danger to Society. Similar situation, the horse switching from Kenyon McPeak to Dutro. I got him at 100 to 1, so... Uh, you know, I'm just hoping that the Dutro Magic, who knows, uh, you know, maybe uh, he wins big with Big Brown one year and Patina or a Danger to Society the next, but it's, it's worth the price, I thought. Win or lose, he brings a lot of color to the game, and, uh, you know, I, I think he's, uh, he, he's a, a shameless self-promoter at times, but he's still a lot of fun. I, I still enjoy him, and I believe Patina, uh, son of Seeking the Gold, uh, I, I believe he had a real impressive six furlong breeze, uh, and they, they still keep thinking Louisiana Derby, just sit tight. Well, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook, and, I, and there are people uh, from all over the country, you know, sign up for it and become friends, and a lot of them are involved in racing. And, and I've had so many different sources saying that, uh, you know, Mike Ivorone and Dutro both absolutely love this horse. Of course, we're going to find out, you know, when we put the, 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 the feet to the fire in the Louisiana Derby, because uh, obviously you need graded money to get into the field. I don't believe uh, he has the money right now to get into the field, so the Louisiana Derby will be a very key race. I think it will be, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch. I was checking out the Pollock Report, and I come across a young man by the name of Richard Ng. And uh, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here, and I'm looking at old-fashioned Frisian Fire Patina, mm-hmm. pioneer of the now Dunkirk. Can you believe that effort the other day? Was it last Thursday, I believe? Yeah, we saw that uh, during tournament week, Eddie. Uh, Dunkirk was awful impressive. You know, there's always the question of who did he beat, but... You know, he did it so easily, and he did it from an outside post, going a mile and an eighth, extremely wide in the first turn. I'm sure a lot of people have already heard and seen, but uh, an impressive run. But, you know, he'll be battle-tested when he finally runs in the stake, and I, I guess he's going to go straight into the Florida Derby off a two-for-two two lifetime. So, you know, that's asking an awful lot, but he, he showed incredible ability the other day. You know, that that right there, when you said doing two-for-two two right in the Florida Derby, I have to ask you this one, when, as a handicapper, do you find it more difficult, or have you changed up your your methods with limited data or limited race history coming into the big events? Well, you know, I, I think the consideration is basically who the trainer is. And, you know, when you have a trainer of, of the caliber of a Rick Dutrow or a Todd Pletcher or a Steve Asmussen, a Bob Baffert, you know, people of that ilk, you would have to think that they know what they're doing. <laughs> so, you know, uh, it, who am I to, to second-guess their strategy and their management of the horse. So if they think uh, the six six weeks between starts is good for the horse, well, you know, all we can do is either maybe I'll write my opinion about it in, in the Las Vegas Review Journal, or just lump it because you know these guys are some of them are Hall of Fame trainers already, or are going to be Hall of Fame trainers, and uh, they, they should know what the heck they're doing. You know, I, I've seen more and more, and it's uh, you know when you, when you're at the races and you're you're with your group of pals, friends, and just uh, uh, folks that you see on a regular basis. I'm hearing more and more. And aren't you disturbed? I've seen just you know two and three races coming in, and I'm of the same opinion that uh, you know who am I to question? I'm not actually throwing the saddle upon, and some know their horse a whole lot better than I ever would if you if you gave me a hundred years to work. But you know, I I think that. Uh, I'm starting to see that more and more in 
and I'm starting to zero in that there might be something there that they just uh, there's X amount of races in this horse, and they just want to peak at the right time. Well, it's the old uh, Horatio Lero line from many decades ago of uh, you know don't squeeze the lemon dry and that kind of stuff. So um, <laughs> they're 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 picking their spots. But you know, going back to the Triple Crown though, in the thought process of uh, plenty of time between races, the thing is, for one of these outstanding colts actually win the Triple Crown. They still have to win three grade one races in five weeks. So even if they've been babied up to the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, that grind is, is, is going to be incredible. And we saw what it did to Big Brown after impressive wins in the Kentucky Derby and Preakness. You know, there was nothing left in the Belmont. We scratch our heads still. Yeah. Being in the game is, uh, for the few years that you have, I'm not going to date anyone ever, <laughs> but being in the game as long as you have, is there something we can do to get the game off of life support? Well, I, I think one of the biggest things to do is to focus more on fan education and, and getting newcomers into the game. You know, I, I, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I authored a book called Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies, and it's out of the very popular, highly regarded dummy series. Sold a lot of books, and you know, I get a lot of emails from people all over the country. But I think if you start at that level and, and get newcomers interested in the game, uh, that's where you get your new fans. Eventually, that's where you get your new horse owners. That's where you get some people who maybe want to work in the game. I mean, it has to start from a rudimentary level. You can't just expect people to to jump in at the the, the middle or the top of the level, uh, you know, the echelon, and expect them to be a million dollar owners or, uh, you know, betting uh, fifty dollar exacta boxes and stuff. You got to start at a lower level. So, you know, I I, I hope you know I, I hope and pray. I haven't given up. That's for sure. But I hope uh, we can find a way out of this. Well, when there was 600-plus out there at the Orleans and we were all doing battle and having a heck of a lot of fun, when I say doing battle, that's uh, battling against ourselves uh, because I think the camaraderie and, and the enjoyment that you, you get from your fellow horse players makes the whole experience worthwhile. Oh, I, I think it's the greatest game going, and uh, I'm going to be in this game for as long as there's a breath of the Eddie. <laughs> well, Richard, thank you for taking your time for joining us, enlightening our listeners and, listeners and hopefully giving us some runners to watch for that first Saturday in May. Once again, thanks for your time, and my friend, I will see you at the races. Anytime, Andy. It was great seeing you in Las Vegas. Thanks a lot, Richard. Richard Ng. And don't let him fool you. Contest player extraordinaire, columnist, author, handicapper. Been doing it all for quite a few years, but as I said, not going to date anybody because it was able to sock me in the eye. Well, it is time to head up to another break. When we return, we're going to be talking horses. Yep, Dangerous Dan. Horses for the weekend. Here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. 
That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. We're here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Talking about none other than the sport of kings. As I said before, what else is there to talk about? Most exciting two minutes in your life. Let me run down some of the stakes that are going to be happening this week. The Fountain of Youth, Grade 2 Gulfstream Park. Going to happen on Saturday. The Sham, a Grade 3 from Santa Anita. Canadian Turf, a Grade 3 from Gulfstream. The Borderland Derby from Sunland Park. Sunland, I should say. John Battaglia Memorial Turfway Park, a hundred grand for three-year-olds. Crystal Water Handicap, Santa Anita, hundred grand. The Goddess Stakes at Delta Downs, Gulf Coast Classic, Delta Downs. The Stymie Handicap from Aqueduct, Gentilly Stakes at Fairgrounds, Sarah Lane's Oats at Fairgrounds, Miracle Wood Stakes at Laurel, Mountain Valley Stakes at Oaklawn, Wayward Land Stakes at Tampa, King Gloria Stakes at Golden Gate. That is all on Saturday, February twenty eighth, on Sunday, March one, Devonadale. Gulfstream Park, a grade two event. The Baldwin Stakes, grade three at Santa Anita. Broadway Handicap at Aqueduct. And the Island Fashion Stake at Sunland Park on Sunday. So we got a whole bevy of action this weekend. Speaking of action, we got our man, Dangerous Dan, online. Dan, what's happening? What's happening, Ed? Welcome back. Hey, thank you, my friend. It is good to be back in the saddle. Uh, I'd like to say I did better, but I had one heck of a time. And as you well know, contests are worth their money, aren't they? Yes, they are, Ed. They, I mean, it's you, you just you kind of battle against yourself, not the other guys, until or the other gals, until the very end when the numbers hit the board. But you know, thanks to Winning Ponies to send me out there, and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a long shot player in the uh, in the big contest, and it's a whole lot of fun. Speaking of horses to watch, speaking of contests, speaking of everything good about this weekend, Dangerous Dan, you always come up with a plan. <laughs> You like that? Wait, wait, yeah, wait, like wait, that. wait. I like that. I, I like Before I even start. Dangerous starts with Dan. I like that. <laughs> Before I even start, 
you had a SmackDown exec. Would, would you like to lay, lay it on our listeners? I just had a winner at Penn National. added about 5-1 to one here. I'm really excited. Anyway, um, a couple weeks ago, timeless fashion, uh, rolled to victory. I don't remember the name of the stakes. It was a turfway. Your round ran second. Uh, it was a $48 exacta. You were there that day, and I remember talking to you, and you said, I, I gave you the horse, and you said, I can't bet him. I can't bet him. <laughs> well, and well, I was yeah. like, well, why not? I, I just can't. And, and, and uh, kind of surprised you, I think. Uh, opened up 6-5. to five. Went off five to two, and that was a good field. Brad's hat was in that race. You're round, and uh, this horse rolled, Ed. I do remember the race, and uh, you know when you talked about Brad's hat, that was one I, you know, that showed uh, four starts, two and two from Turfway Park. But that was long ago when there was a dirt surface, no uh, no poly track uh, for old Brad's hat. Danny, where do we go to begin our handicapping with you for the weekend? Let's start at Turfway, Ed. We'll go to John Mataglia Memorial. Um, I, was, I think it's a two-horse race, Ed. I'm going to go with uh, Parade Clown, but I'm going to use Fitz of Slew with him. Parade Clown, ridden by next week's guest, Bill Trollo. Uh, three-year-old Colt by Distorted Humor. Um, just beat Music City. Music City set the pace that day. This horse sat right off of it and uh, just went right on by at 3-1. to one. I think this horse will probably get the trip again. Fits a slew shipping him from Gulfstream may be tough. Ken McPreak bringing this one into town. Uh, just missed a money allowance race there. Ran a 111-1. It was his first race since the, the cradle at River Downs, which went off, he went off the favorite that day in the cradle and was beaten by nine lengths. Look for this horse to improve on the second start as well. You know, you touched on Bill Troilo. There is a reason he is going to be our special guest. He is a veteran rider. He has just reached the milestone of 2,500 wins, a very nice very nice milestone indeed. He's on Parade Clown, nice uh, three-year-old son of distorted humor here. Can close, and uh, in, in the WBN stakes, actually looked flat at the top of the lane, found another gear, and then wins, and wins by two and three-quarter lengths. But, Danny, I agree with your second choice here, Fitzeslu, Leandro Goncalves, second start off of the turf. But take a look at the other two. Wins by two lengths in the last race, had a nice money allowance race. We call it the old middle move, Dan. I think there's going to be gas in the tank for Fitz of Slough. And Kenny McPeak winning 20%. I love this guy, and I'm glad he's back in the game training. Where do we go from here, Danny boy? Let's go out to Santa Anita, Ed. We're going to go out to the Crystal Water Handicap, $100,000 for state bread, California bread. Um, very competitive field here, but I think Bold Chieftain off the layoff. This uh, horse likes to win off the layoff. His last race was the Breeders' Cup Mile, which he he was eighth by five to Goldakova, and I believe Goldakova is probably the best turf horse in the world. Um, look, look for uh, look for this horse to uh, run big off the bench. Ran second last time off the bench, or actually one last time coming off the bench in the California Dreaming Handicap. And uh, you're getting uh, Joel Rosario, who's, who's hotter than a firecracker right now, trained by William Morey. is a Six-year-old horse, uh, kind of a kind of a uh, a warrior, so to speak. Still running the six. You don't see many of them go past three or four nowadays. Uh, remember, you had a horse that ran off. I think he was nine, wasn't he? He was nine. It felt like he was nineteen at times, but he could still get the job done on a good day, though. Yeah, he was a state budget. He, he was a he was a <laughs> warrior. Um, but I like Bold Chieftain in this race, Ed. You know, Danny, I, I like Joe Rosario. He's winning sixteen percent. Uh, not a lot of information on trainer William Morey, but I have to say that Joe Rosario wins 11% on the weeds. I like Liberian Freighter.
Speedster Hill, Rafael Bejarano coming out of the Summit of Speed Turf. Five hundred grand on the line, but that was the first time off of a little bit of a layoff, going a mile and an eighth for five hundred thousand dollars, cutting back from a mile and an eighth to a straight mile. And the best part about it, second start off of a layoff, three for four in the money at Santa Anita, Dan, and actually nine for ten in the money on the turf. Neil Drysdale and Bejarano, they're winning seventeen percent together. Last 60 days, and, and I think we both love Bejarano. And he's on speed. If he's on the lead, he may be tough to catch. The only thing I don't care for with this horse, Ed, is 0 for 4 at Santa Anita. No wins at Santa Anita. No wins at the distance. Been knocking on the door, though. Could improve. That is true. And I think the drop in class might be key here. And any time you have Bejarano in the saddle, he could be riding a three-legged donkey. And uh, he he's actually has he has a chance. I, I'd love to watch this guy apply his trade, and we've been doing it for many years, uh, watching him start on the smaller circuits, and he just skyrocketed. Next, where do we go, Danny boy? Let's go to the sham. Grade 3 at Santa Anita, ninth at Santa Anita. Let's find out if the Pample Moose is for real, Ed. Julio Canani, uh, horses won the San Rafael. Grade 3, nice little derby prep. They're bringing him right back at a mile and eight. Uh, horses... A lot of hype going on with this horse. Just ran a 95 buyer and that going a mile last time out. Now we're going to stretch him out to an eighth of a mile longer. Horse that uh, may give him a little battle here. This is kind of a reach pick, but his now seems to like uh, his now horses seem to like Polly. They seem to like California. Look at Mr. Hot stuff. I think they named this horse after you, Ed. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, after la- after last weekend, how hot I was! Right in the middle, buddy. <laughs> hey. You, you, uh, You'll hear my story later <laughs> <laughs> off the air. Anyway, uh, is now sire is the sire uh, horses broke his maiden, but I like 135 mile. I like the way the horse ran. Uh, Owen Hardy can train. Corey Nakatani can ride, and this horse just, just had a 96 fire. There should be nothing but upside for Mr. Hot Stuff. You know, I'm going to agree with you right on the pound moose. You've got a pure speedster here, three year old son of Kafuain, Alex Elise in the Irons. Wins by two in the San Rafael. I believe this may be one of the sweeter synthetic runners in the land, but when they get to good old Mother Nature Earth, it may be a little different story. But, hey, who knows? And the best part about this is Julio Canani, 70 years old. I mean, you look at him in the form, and he actually looks like he's in later 50s, early 60s. They said he is one of the uh, one of the crazy guys out there wearing Mardi Gras beads, puts on a furry Russian hat, good for Siberia in the sun, and he says he's a really true racetrack character. I like this part here, Danny, and uh, this this grabbed my heart. He arrived in this country from Peru in '63 with a few hundred dollars named, worked as a groom, a hot walker, and then to make ends meet during his initial lean years as a trainer, sold carrots in the stable areas, did calls and results for Spanish-language radio stations, and gambled quite successfully on horses. So, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a character I think we both could love. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's a regular guy. He, he really is. He, he's, he's a regular guy who's taking the game to the newest level. And I remember when he uh, was really on his way up uh, in the 80s, uh, he, was, he was a dangerous killer with claimers. Okay, Danny Boy, where do we go from here? Go out to the eighth of Gulfstream, Canadian Turf Grade Three event. Uh, really like a horse in here. I, I I think that you'll probably like this horse too, Ed. Let's look at Just as well, six-year-old horse. 
by AP Indy Alvin Nurave Mayor, written by Julian Lepereau. Of course, just missed, missed beating Kip DeVille last time out at 24-1 to in the Gulfstream Park Turf Handicap. He beat Court Vision that day. There were some nice horses he's ran up against. Is getting five more pounds, but uh, third race off the layoff. Uh, horses one for one at the distance with a very high distance number of 413. Look for this horse to improve third race off the layoff. I love just as well. I love the three-off angle. And you brought up Nureyev. Uh, uh, it's a daughter of Nureyev. I mean, say no more. I mean, that was a turf run extraordinary. you got a six-year-old cold here by AP Indy. I like the third off the layoff. The Gulfstream Park Turf Handicap was a grade one event. Rallied up against Kip DeVille and Court Vision in blue past them. Actually, the dam of this runner, no matter what, has... She was a nice stakes winner herself. She has three winners that were on the turf, four starters, three wins, and one stakes winner. So I think uh, old Frenchie Le Peru might be uh, might be just on uh, who he needs to be aboard here. I, I love the three off angle, and uh, I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Grade One to Grade Three is going to be all that much of a big drop for some. But I think for this old guy, this is just what the doctor ordered. I agree with you totally. Yeah, Fortin Art probably hit the board. May fill out the exacta. I kept looking at Twilight Meteor a little bit. Dan Todd Pletcher and John Velasquez, who just won the George Wolf Award, and uh, you, you know who George Wolf was, of course. Oh yeah, the Ice Man himself, uh, who played him in Seabiscuit. I believe it was Gary Stevens. It wasn't that one of the best. I mean, it was. They they couldn't they couldn't have picked a better better player for his uh, his role. But John Velasquez actually picked up the. George Wolf Award in 2009, and uh, the Iceman, he was 35 years old. He was a diabetic. He could not ride every day, which even goes, and it says that much more about him. But, you know, Twilight Man, the reason it caught me is I saw John Velasquez riding in this race. It got me thinking about, you know, this guy is a true class act. And if you take a look at that middle move, you know how I love the middle move, Dan, was second and backs off to fourth. Do you think this five-year-old horse by Smart Strike might have a little bit more in the tank of Twilight yeah, Meteor? Yeah, uh, horses. Uh, I, I think he can get part. I don't think he'll win. Uh, I think he'll get part. Smart Strikes are really taking the turf. Uh, it's one thing I noticed uh, here of late. Uh, HRTV was talking about it. Um, you get the Smart Strikes on the turf. You, you pay attention to them because they're running well on the turf. You know, I, I, I agree with that, and, you know, th- th- there's so many people that need to keep track of, of action on, on the turf, and especially when you're digging up winning ponies, they're, they have a turf rating, they have a speed rating, and then they have a speed rating for the last three races, and then they have a separate one for the turf. So it makes it that much even easier, especially when you're digging up winning ponies. Dangerous Dan, can you hang on for the last segment? We'll talk about another race. Sure can, it. All right. It is time to add to another break. When we return, we get a little more dangerous stand, and then we'll finish up with a final furlong with yours truly here on Winning Pony. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. 
but can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then... Time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Talking about the sport of kings. If you ever have a question, you want to hear from somebody, or you just want to lay some secret action on me, you can always dial me up at ed at winningponies.com, and I will always get back to your email. And I can't tell you enough how thankful I am for my compadres to send me out to play in the Horse Player World Series. And speaking of compadre, we have Danger Stan still on the line. Danger, are you there? Hey, Pasta. I <laughs> love Please don't. Uh, taco burrito, I, I, I'm limited, Dan. I'm very limited right here. Okay, where do we go from here for you, me boy? Well, let's go out to the uh, the only race uh, left, the Fountain of Youth at uh, Gulfstream. Let's, uh, I, this, horse, this race has changed. Uh, I believe they shortened it up from a mile 60 to a mile. Uh, I think it was last year uh, to a one-turn mile. So it's really changed the, folk, the, the way this race is, is going to be run, I believe. I like Captain Candyman Can. I I think Jillian Lepero is going to have a heck of a day Saturday. I, I think that he's not going to win just one stakes, but two. Horse really really seemed to like uh, Gulfstream. Ran a one hundred one buyer, one twenty three and three for seven furlongs. Beat BCC that day. Who's in this race? Lost to Beethoven back in the Kentucky Jockey Club at Churchill. Had a bad trip, uh, had some shadows problems. Horse was jumping some shadows. Other than that, this, this horse, uh, I think they've corrected that problem. I think this horse is, I think this horse can be a factor in the first Saturday of May, Ed. I'll, I'll go that far. I'm going to give you a little quiz. Trainer Ian Wilkes 
worked for another trainer, Hall of Famer, who used to train for someone by the name of Mrs. Francis Genter. He trained unbridled in the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. Do you know who it is? Did I put your feet to the fire on this? Have I ever stumped you yet? Have you ever stumped me? Uh, Nasker. Oh, Carl Nasker. I can't stump you for anything. Not with it, that one. I mean, come Ian on. Ian Wilkes actually came under his tutelage, so you know he came up right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the, a nice victory in the Hutchinson Showed another gear going seven panels. I'm going to call distance in the question here, Danny, that uh, I, I love the way this speedster look. A three-year-old gelding, gelding now by uh, Candy Ride, you know, and that's the only thing that I can really, uh, that I can really scratch the surface with. The one-turn mile should help your, uh, your cause greatly. I like There Goes JoJo, Kent Asormo, Kenny McPeak, Three starts, and as Richard Ng was talking about, sometimes horses are coming in with fewer and fewer starts. I've been seeing, I know you have as well, but Kenny McPeak winning 30%, DeSormo 22%. The last 60 days, these guys have been winning 32% together. Seven furlongs to a mile in the short race history. Do you think that? Do you think that's a telltale sign here that we might have something special? Yeah, you, you may have. You may have. I, I do like the distance number on Captain Kenny Mancan. Uh, I look for uh, the race to be very entertaining. I look for this horse to uh, improve off that last effort. I do like my peak horse. I will. I will say this. I'm going to ask you a question. Paul. Uh, oh, okay. Now you're going to stump me. I'm going to stump. Well, this ain't really stump you. I just want your opinion. Let's have it. Okay. Andy Byer wrote a column about this one's for Phil. Uh, how does the horse jump from a 76 buyer to a 116? Within a period of basically a, less than a little over a month and a half, I, I scratch my head at that. That's, I, that's I, way too much know, of a jump. Yeah, I, and I mean he was he was getting beat at Calder, <laughs> and you know if this this horse could turn around and win again tomorrow, but I'm not playing or Saturday I'm not playing him. I, I just you know Dutro got mad at Buyer for writing the article. He got upset with him. Bounce theory. Bounce theory. Yeah, he stumbled at the start, was four wide, and ran a 116 buyer off of a 76 buyer, which was trained by Kathleen O'Connell. Now, Kathleen O'Connell is a decent trainer. So it, it, I'm, I'm questioning the fact that I, want, I think this horse will bounce. I'm going to agree with you on that. Danny boy, I'm going to head out, and I'm going to give a few out myself. Until next week, my friend, we will see you at the races. Have a good weekend, Ed. Danny, you as well. All right, it is time to head out and do a little bit of handicapping myself. You've heard Dangerous Dan, and his picture is solid as the day is long. On Saturday, let's go to race number three at Aqueduct. Saturday, race three at Aqueduct. I love race for speed. Number five, Eddie Castro for Steve Quasaris. Second by a dirty neck. Steve Quasaris, mainly on the Philadelphia Delaware circuit. Makes his way up to New York. He's winning 18%, a nice four-year-old by Thunderella. So in the third at Aqueduct on Saturday, take a look at the five raised for speed. Eddie Castro, in my opinion, one of the more underrated riders out there. Then on to the fifth race on Saturday at the Big A. I'm, I'm all about the Big A this weekend. I like the five. Saratoga Lullaby, Richard Migliori for Bruce Levine. Dropping like a rock in the river. Optional claiming 50. In for claiming 25,000. 
I think that uh, this five-year-old horse by Brahms, they're looking for a solid spot. They just may have found it here. It's been a while since uh, this old boy's been to the circle, but with Richard Migliori and Bruce Levine, who team up to win 17% in the fifth race at Aqueduct, look no further than the five. Saratoga Lullaby. Then I'm going to go to the seventh race at Aqueduct, and that's going to be on Friday. I'm going to jump around a little bit. The Friday, I left him out. I left it out. Friday, tomorrow, the seventh race at Aqueduct, and it's going to be easy. Didn't mean to jump around on you there. The seventh race at Aqueduct, tomorrow, take a look at the two magical devotion. Not a lifetime maiden here. This son of E-Dubai is going to break his maiden in handily fashion. Going a mile from a mile and 70 uh, tomorrow really looks the place. Eddie Castro to Ramon Dominguez. I can't slight either rider. I love the way Dominguez uh, just sits on a horse and really looks good down the lane. Uh, trainer David Dugan uh, winning 16%, but magical devotion in tomorrow's seventh race. I jumped around, and I do apologize, but magical devotion will magically make his way into the winner's circle. Then back to Saturday, we pick it up again in race number six, sixth race at Aqueduct on Saturday. And we, we have a very nice uh, nice little uh, maiden race in here. I like the seven. That's hot to trot. Richard Migliori for Kieran McLaughlin. They're, they're coming together here. McLaughlin wins 19% with debut maiden special waiters. And here's the best part. In the last 60 days, trainer and rider have won 71% of the time. Hot jockey in the last seven days. Last seven days, how about 12 for 17 in the money? The MIG man is still getting it done. You're getting first-time juice on the sun of honor and glory. Then we're going to go out with the seventh race at Aqueduct on Saturday, and we're going to do something that maybe a lot of us need to do. That is the two by a personality. Ramon Dominguez and Bruce Levine teaming up. They went 29% together. Been all since June 11th. Don't think it's going to hurt this old four-year-old because he's back in against New York Company. Been running against Starter 50,000, Open Company. So the drop back to the New York Reds is just what the doctor ordered in the seventh race. Take a look at the two by a personality. Well, time flies when you're talking horses. Winning Ponies would like to thank our special guest, Richard Ng. Handicapping extraordinaire, columnist, author. His book, Horse, Pla- Horse Playing for Dummies. My goodness, how popular. you got to check it out. And our man, Dangerous Dan, with all his plays for the weekend. So be sure to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific. And next week, our special guest will be veteran rider William Troilo, who just hit the milestone of 2,500 victories. Until then, may all your winners be many. And your photos be few. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.